I thought I hit record, I just didn't. Back in high school, each Sunday night, I'd watch the practice with none of my friends. I'd turn the dial to ABC to see the creep of the week that Bobby Donald defends. But I'm out of practice. through david e kelly's award-winning series from the 1990s the practice this week we are up to season three episode five the battlefield and i am ready for battle how you doing Degs? feeling ready for battle feeling sleepy it's 2 30 p.m i've been trying to sleep as much as i can keith because i'm having all of my in-laws in town this weekend oh yes yes indeed so, uh, yeah, and their baby, and my, my niece that I have not met yet. She's, I think, a year, a year and a half, and this will be my first time meeting her, so I'm super pumped for that tomorrow. That will be super fun, although I, exactly how many people are you going to be cramming into your one-bedroom apartment in Queens? That's the thing. It's relative, right, because I have a very tiny apartment. That's what's necessary. So initially, it's my brother-in-law, Matt, okay. his, his wife, and their, and their baby. Three. So we offered them our bedroom, which is the largest room in our apartment. Right. There's then my mother-in-law making a surprise visit. Four. Uh, my wife. Mm-hmm, five. Myself. Six. Two cats. Okay. That's gonna so, be uh, it's gonna be cozy. So I should mention that I have you know a bed in my bedroom and then my pull out couch that's it those are the sleeping options and so the mother-in-law is gonna sleep between you guys is that the idea no she's gonna sleep in the pull out with my wife on the couch okay and i'm going to borrow a, a, a blow-up mattress and sleep in the kitchen okay all right well that sounds like a very queen's solution it's that or you spend a hundred dollars on a hotel room for three hours you know what i mean it's it's yeah no it doesn't it doesn't make a lot of sense that could change subject to change Yes. The other alternative, which I certainly has found very effective, is to alienate your entire family so they don't ever visit. Uh, That's also true. You know what's funny? (laughs) I can't believe I'm about to say this online. Um, (laughs) When I have any family visit, this I'm not. This is not specific to my in-laws. I love my in-laws. My brother Matt lives in. My brother-in-law Matt lives in Las Vegas, so I don't get to see them very often. Mm -hmm. So I'm super excited. And thankfully, my other brother-in-law is hosting Thanksgiving in Long Island, so we'll be traveling there. So it's a very temporary cram. And like I said, I'm very excited to meet my niece. Usually, when any family visits, be it my family or Jen's family, the biggest thing is, my my biggest dilemma is not 
where's everyone going to sleep? But how, how many excuses can I make to go outside and smoke a joint? Ah, I see. I you see, can only yeah. go get toilet paper so many times. <laughs> well, you know, but you could you could say that, uh, first off, you're totally out when they get there. And that your corner deli only sells toilet paper by the square, like Lucy's. Yes, that's true. Like it's Lucy's. like it's a Queens thing, yeah. <laughs> that's hysterical. Anyway, so that's that's what's been going on. I wanted to file a quick appeal, not not an objection per se, but an appeal. Okay. Should, should I run it? Okay, I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll run, run the it. beginning. Objection! Appeal. Uh, yeah. I guess it doesn't get to the appeal part till, till afterwards. So there was an, uh, a self-objection I made last week uh, that I was supposed to run a half marathon and didn't do it. That's right. So I'd like to file a new motion. The following day, I don't know if it was the following day. We recorded on Saturday. Yes. It would have so been the, Sunday. Yes. yes. The following day, I did get up and I did run that half marathon. I was sick as a dog, but I got up and did it. On my uh, first, in my first four miles, I threw up twice. Oh my god! But damned if I was going to let myself down. I finished it out, and I wanted to give a shout out to Jen because it's one of her days to sleep in. She doesn't have a show until three o'clock. But as I was coming uh, around to finish, she was outside. She had written on chalk on the sidewalk and had made and had made me a medal. So <laughs> it was really cute. Uh, she was like, do you want me to run the last mile with you? And I said, no, I'm dealing with, I'm going through some emotional things right now. I was really trying to run through the flu. But the end of the story is that I I did, in fact, follow through and run my half marathon at 155.34. Fantastic. Well, I, I, have to, I have to applaud you for every bit of that. And I'm going to give a separate applause to Jen. That was really sweet of her. Well done. Well done. Yeah. You know what I did? Not that. Well, you had run the day before. I had run the day before. That's true. That's true. Uh, yeah, no, congratulations. That's pretty badass. I mean, it's it's all relative. I did it, and that's really the kind of the win there. It was My whole point was I had just turned 39 years old. Spoiler alert. And I, I wanted to start it off by following through with the one goal I had set. So I, I, I did get out and do it. Well, I, look, I, you, you say relatively. I think running a half marathon is not relatively badass there's there's nothing objective about the badassery of running a half marathon i think it just is unobjectively badass cool man i'll take it all right well moving on it's time for filings and subpoenas filings and subpoenas filings and Okay, well, we have a couple of uh, things to talk about, and I will start before we hear from a certain football star. Uh, on Instagram, we uh, had a couple of interactions with our good friend, Leanne underscore rights. Yes. Uh, who has uh, reached out. She was the one who was curious about merch, and I asked her what merch does she want. And because I, you know, I'm, I, you know, at this point, I'll create whatever you want. You tell me what you want. I'm going to cook it for you. Uh, yeah, he has a lot of money. <laughs> it should be noted here you know, in a public forum. Keith has a lot of money. We have lied a lot on the podcast, but I feel like that might be the biggest one yet. <laughs> Wait, you're, um, you don't have a lot of money? 
I have I have no money, like literally huh. no money, but I do have a lot of free time and a lot of Photoshop. So uh, I can pretty much cook whatever you want. Uh, but she wanted something from one of the bumpers or theme songs or whatever. So I'm contemplating a uh, like, what the hell are the oops? What the hell is the are the oopsies T-shirt? It's a great T-shirt. I think that's I think that makes sense with like the logo of the oopsies. But we'll uh, we'll see. Leanne, let us know if that's uh, if that sounds like a fun thing, and then I'll maybe make it for you. I mean, we could uh, bribe we could bribe people, Keith, since we really are desperate for those. You, uh, reviews on Apple Podcasts that True. could be you, you might not only get at least the first 15 reviews or however many shirts we can afford from our many 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 advertising dollars maybe you get a shirt for uh, for explicit <laughs> no not explicit for a <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even oh, sure why yeah. I said that if you would write some fanfic and leave it as a review <laughs> On Apple Podcasts, that sounds like a great idea for everybody. <laughs> you know, I'm not even going to go down that. I'm just going to let you finish talking. No, yeah, no. And at this point, we can definitely afford like a sleeve or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, no, that definitely sounds like fun. And she also uh, said that she was going on a road trip to Atlanta today and that she was going to uh, listen to us to entertain her down the road. At which point I said I would rather swerve into traffic, but I feel like that's not fair to anybody involved. Uh, thank you so much. That sounds like a, I, I, I hope you enjoyed. I hope we were entertaining for your drive. What's worse than sitting in Thanksgiving traffic? Listening to us while you sit into Thanksgiving <laughs> traffic. <laughs> yes, indeed. You know, but depending on what your family uh situation is we're not your family that's true nor do we want to be so (laughs) i think that everybody wins in that scenario everybody wins all right anyway moving on uh so i I heard tell that a uh, a certain quarterback uh a talented in his own mind quarterback the best quarterback in nfl history by self self self-defined best quarterback in nfl history has written us He's got no help, Keith. He's got no help out there, and they're nine and one. Well, you know, look his his uh, his teammates may be a little deflated these days, but I'm sure he can check the tape from the Jets practice and wow. find some inspiration. Wow! So as you can see, folks, or here, Keith and Tom have some beef. It's been <laughs> it's been escalating. I have not been mediating. I've just been observing. Right, you know, I, right. I'm not. I'm not here to to choose sides. Tom is, however, a world champion in many in many ways, regards. A world champion on the field, a world champion in his personal life. He's got great. He's got the best friends. He's got the greatest friends. And you are, you are. So there you go. What did he say? Enough. Enough. What did he say? I've just figured out that you guys think that crying equals great acting and nothing else. Triple exclamation point. <laughs> that girl just got sand in her eyes equals what a great actor. Mm, he then includes mm. a picture of dry eye, allergies, or both. Mm-hmm. Virginia eye, optometrics. Op, op, 
Virginia Eye Consultants. I'm, I'm not wearing like my an, glasses. Wait, 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 wait. What is an optometrix? Is that like a, <laughs> a, a optometrist who doubles as a dominatrix? Yes, while you're bound and gagged, you have to read a small line. Yeah, read this line of text, you dog. <laughs> so this uh, this portion of the episode brought to you by Virginia Eye Consultants. Hmm. Nice. Maybe maybe a clue into where man he just photo he just he just googled I ad. Daniel Day Lewis question mark What a terrible actor. He didn't cry at all in Gangs of New York. Well, maybe just that one poor rabbit scene, and then a Photoshop of not a Photoshop, a photo of Daniel Day Lewis crying. Maybe. <laughs> Well, comma, here I am submitting my best acting for your approval. And then a picture of Tom on Perez Hilton uh, getting teary. So, Keith, I think the basic premise here is that you and I are shills for simply crying. I think that's true. Yeah. I mean, we're, uh, you know, it reminds me of like high school, right? The, the bet, your cats are having a day behind you right there. It's absolutely insane. I'm an old woman. Okay. So, <laughs> and fan. Yeah, fan. There's a big old fan right behind you that your cats are fighting over. Anyway, uh, back to high school. Remember back in high school where the best singer was whoever could sing the highest? Mm-hmm. And the best actor was whoever who could cry. Yeah. Or the one like dramatic scene that happened just by default because you were in it. People thought it was wonderful. Yeah, no, but I definitely, there, there definitely is an aspect of like, if you can cry on command, you're the best actor, which I, I get it. I, I don't think it's necessarily what makes you a good actor, but I do think there's a correlation there. Fair. Yeah. So, so there, Tom, I took that very openly and, and with, and with the, I took the criticism. I understood. I validated your feelings. Uh, and you know you have to cry about it that's fine i'll give you an award what should we do now (laughs) (laughs) you know you did you did like the best thing that you can do as a co-host because you do the (gasps) and then like dead air for a half an hour you like you inhale to say something so i'm like i'm taking the cue so i'm gonna let you say what you're gonna say but then you just leave dead air. Well, actually, what I'm thinking is I had prepared three separate possible possible tangents to go off on during this day in the basement, which I know is coming up. Yeah. And I've still to this very second not determined which one I want to choose. And so I'm thinking about that off the while you're talking about Tom Brady. You and Tom are fighting. It's sort of like my parents growing up. You just it becomes white noise. Uh huh. Uh huh. All right. And I got well, lost in that. You know, the best way to make a decision force it upon me. Yes. This day in the basement. So which of the three stories are you going to tell us, Mike and Deglio? I'm going to save a few of them. And I'm going to go literal here. So this episode aired October 26th, 1998. 25th, but yes. October 25th, 1998. Excuse me. I want to jump to the following day, October 26th, 1998. Okay. I'll allow it. A fond memory that I have specifically, and I think I might have mentioned this on the podcast before, is that one show that I did not watch on its initial run was Everybody Loves Raymond. Okay. I, I've watched it in, uh, in repeats and online, and I do think it's a great show. However, what I remember about it is that during its initial run, my mom and my grandfather, who lived with us, 
absolutely loved this show. My mom does that thing where she's very, very stone-faced most of the time, but when she breaks and starts laughing, she gets hysterical and is crying and is just can't catch her breath, and it's the cutest, most adoring oh, thing. Fun. And I can remember two scenes like that. I heard my mom laughing, and I walked in and saw something happening. One of them was that sort of iconic scene where Marie, the 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 whole premise is basically the two the one son who's the star show Ray Romano lives across the street from his parents. Blah 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 blah. Guys, we are describing the plot to Everybody Loves Raymond on the Out of Practice podcast. Well, yeah. So. <laughs> In retrospect, all these years later, my mom has sort of become that character from the show she wasn't at the time. Anyway, so the scene where the mom drives the car through the front door, she drives it, it was this big sort of set piece. That, I remember her laughing hysterical and I came in and saw it happen. And the other one was this scene that I'm about to play some audio for you for you right now from the Halloween trick-or-treat episode. I'll never forget because the dad was wearing this Frankenstein costume. You know, costume. you didn't leave me enough candy. Really? And it's a whole thing about Halloween candy and condoms. Oh, oh well, wait a minute. Hands. You realize that he's the original Frankenstein <laughs> from, uh, Young from Frankenstein. Mel Brooks' movie. From Young yeah. Frankenstein. Mm -hmm. He's, he's referencing himself. Coins in brightly colored wrappers, Ray. <laughs> the things? You gave out the things? Yeah. So the whole joke here is the dad was handing out shiny candies to the trick-or-treaters but they turn out to be condoms it's a whole thing about condoms uh. so yeah funny that yes that's that's the response to it but i recall for some reason i guess because it's like it's a very sanitized sex talk my right. mom and grandfather lost their shit <laughs> and were peeing themselves and it was during the initial run so it's really crazy to me when i was kind of googling things to talk about this came sure. up and it's a, it's very rare that you can specifically cite the date of a memory that isn't like a life, you know, a, a, a foundational memory. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So this is just sort of a tangential memory that is in found a neuron and stuck. It found some gray matter to, to to put up a to put up residence and and I can actually t time and date it. So it was a day after the episode we're going to talk about today. Interesting. Interesting. Well, that that is fun and like it's. And it was also like a positive memory that you had a specific yeah, true. date attached to. Don't have a lot of those. Like, you know, I remember what I was when like the Challenger exploded. You know, it's like, it was a really dark. Uh... No, well, that's nice. That's a very nice story, Dex. I like that. Uh, so I will, um, I'm continuing. What I'm doing right now is I'm setting the scene mm. of my life at school now. And uh, what I was doing this day in the basement was not preparing for my voice lessons, Ooh. which were a very big part of being a voice major, not surprisingly. Uh, and I had a very unique teacher uh, <laughs> that uh, some stories I'm going to tell about him, but I will do so anonymously. So I'm just going to later on, not today, because I'm not going to make the correlation, but there was like, you know, maybe a story or two that I will attribute to a teacher I had mm -hmm. um, that may apply to uh, this teacher. But this was a uh, voice teacher named Dale Moore, and he was fascinating because he was like this old guy, used to be a baritone, but he still was, but used to be a professional. 
And he had this odd thing about his voice that I think because he was, he was like a voice teacher and it was some weird affectation that he never spoke not off his voice. Meaning, if I'm talking on my voice, it's like the, you know, it's like the character uh, that Will Ferrell does who, who can't modulate the, or can't modulate the, uh, the, the volume of his voice. So he'd be like, hello, Keith, how are, you, how are you today? What are you going to be singing? And just so you could hear him like a mile away down. Okay, well, hello, Lisa. And it was so, so odd. Uh, but so I was basically shitting myself going to these voice lessons because I was, I showed up at school so unprepared compared to everybody that. else. Because I went to like I was went to a public school and I was like a theater kid, and all of a sudden I got plucked up and dropped into classical world, where literally everybody else was like practicing their violin for thirteen hours a day, and they had all this music theory training, and they sort of were already professionals. And I'm like, I sing good, <laughs> and I was so far behind in pretty much everything, and. And at that place, like, it wasn't, they weren't uh, confused why I didn't know certain things. They were angry. Like, they thought I was playing dumb because I didn't know how to beam notes together on the beat. And they were just angry at me for the things that I didn't know. But I'm like, I, I took like a theater, like I took like one theory class in high school and we just wrote a musical. I don't know anything. Like, you picked me. You let me in. You picked me. Well, yeah. And I think when you go to a conservatory like that, the voice majors are different than everybody else because all of the musicians kind of have to be pretty much professional level already. And it's like playing violin or piano you can be a concert pianist at 13 because your instrument is fully developed. So if you're a prodigy, you can just do it. But with voice majors, you're dealing with an organic instrument that doesn't really mature into its peak until you're about 30. So a lot of the voice majors are sort of put in there based on potential. They don't really know what you're going to do. Your instrument isn't developed. You can't even try to sing a lot of the things. So, uh, we're definitely a little bit of fish out of water and also completely obnoxious. Uh, I think your approach too, you know, you would come and you clearly are very theatrical story driven type of right. individual. And what I always, what always challenged me conceptually, it makes a lot more sense now as an adult, but as a, as a, an adolescent and as a child is that there's a distinct difference in s singing and classical singing oh for sure yeah there's you know and, and it always it, it, it's funny i make the joke a lot to my wife that the sound of the classical soprano voice does not speak to me emotionally it just mm -hmm. doesn't and i couldn't as a child or adolescent respect that it's like listening to an instrument right a piano player and you listen and you the, there's the right. classical technique so a lot of times there's a there's a gulf emotionally between a perfect classical singing and a, and a voice or a sound that appeals to you emotionally musically it's yeah. they're different things and well, I, yeah go ahead 
And I just, I think that people who are more tuned to, obviously you have an amazing instrument, but when you're, you're more, I think, attuned emotionally. And so there was kind of a, an intimidation factor when you enter a sea when it's all these people with, I think, incredible technique already. Yeah, and I, I, I think there's, I mean, this is a longer conversation we can, we can tap on a different podcast, but it's like the, it's not that you can't connect fully emotionally and storytell fully in a classical style. It's just that the priorities are rearranged. That in, you know, in theater, it's about storytelling first, beautiful sound second. And technical proficiency, third, maybe. And in in classical, it's sound and technical proficiency first, and then as much of the storytelling as you can get after you have accomplished those things, which makes it, when you get all three together, it's absolutely stunning. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but yeah, I, I, it's one of the reasons I didn't enjoy it as much, although I love the music and I love doing it. Um, you know, for, for a lot of the time, I felt like performing was, uh, you know, opera or art song or whatever. It was a math equation Mm. where there's a right way to do it and that that's a hundred and every way in which you deviate from the absolute perfect pitch and perfection and intonation and the, and the, you know, the volume and tempo and all those things you just sort of start shaving off from that 100 so you can there's there's not there's nothing to do there other than get it right and and i think i because of that it music started to feel like math to me mm. and it stopped being fun anytime anything becomes math that's when i just check out entirely which is odd i love math Ooh. I'm like a math nerd. I just I love the numbers. I just it's it makes all of my uh, my autism very happy when I get all the numbers in a row. Yeah, I like knowing that there's math, and I like knowing that there's something in this universe that makes sense behind the scene for the most part. Uh, that's doing all the calculations. I'm just happy to not have to be the one doing it. Fair enough. Okay. Well, boy, we have uh, <laughs> we have traveled some distance here on this day in the basement and it's time to talk about this day in the world the night that season three episode five the battlefield aired this was october 25th it was a sunday night the number one hit reaching back to number one was our good friend monica singing the first night this was three out of four weeks at one, but not consensual. Consensual, not consecutive. <laughs> the top movie was the underrated hit Pleasantville. I love that movie. Toby Maguire and what? Reese Witherspoon. Reese Witherspoon. Yep. Yeah. Jeff Daniels. Jeff Daniels and uh, God darn it, who was the mom? Her. Yeah. No, she was good. Anyway, uh, took in only $8.8 million, but that was enough in October of 1998. And the local paper, the Burlington Free Press, talked about rival styles forged by experiences because this was the run-up the last two weeks before the 1998 midterm elections. And they were referring to our governor, Howard Dean, in his matchup versus uh, Dwyer. Uh, 
forget what her first name was, but her last name was Dwyer and she didn't win. But the gubernatorial election in 1998, which was much closer than it normally would have been because of, if you're paying attention, Act 60, the bill that equalized school funding within the state. So, uh, yeah, that was what was going on there, which brings us to everybody's least favorite segment. I like to call sports ball. The New York football giants were on a bye and did not play. The Philadelphia Eagles were on a bye and did not play. That was sports ball. Well, Keith, I guess it's time for you to tell us about the episode, man. It is time to talk about the episode. This episode was written by who else? David E. Kelly for... I have no idea how he's able to uh, churn out so many episodes. And it was directed by fans of the West Wing Weekly will definitely recognize this name by Alex Graves. This is the first of six episodes that he would direct. He also directed five episodes of Aaron Sorkin's Sports Night, six episodes of Game of Thrones, seven episodes of Homeland, and 34 episodes of The West Wing. Very, very accomplished director. Excited to see what Alex can do with the practice. Which brings us... What does Mike think is gonna happen? Well, what does he think is going to happen? That was maybe the closest we've ever done it to right. <laughs> we are, you know, we're off to a good start. Off to a very good start. We've wasted a half an hour of your life, but we've gotten most of the cues right. So initially, from the title alone, I would say the Defenders, this has to be... Uh, f- it's not actually called the Defenders. It's the Battlefield. The Battlefield. The Defenders last, was last week. Last week was the Defenders. Right. Yes. Well, the battlefield goes better along with what I was going to say anyway. <laughs> <laughs> we have to be focusing this episode on the head in a, in a case. We ha- on, on the boyfriend, who, Eleanor's not boyfriend, who maybe, but maybe not cut off some lady's head and put it in his bag. This is George, who loves musicals in MAME, or... Uh... Hunting, caping, I forgot what it was. Something in MAME. Something in MAME, right. But, since I, since David E. Kelly has felt that his viewers need much context, his previously ons are quite long these days, a minute, minute and a half each week, and I've been fast forwarding to the last bit of them to start the episode, and I happened to watch previously on, and they spent the whole chunk of previously on, on the defendant of, uh, Last week, uh, Pierce Pearson, was it? Anderson Pearson, a.k.a. Egon. Egon, yeah, was found guilty, and they spent the whole previously on getting us back up to speed, the fact that the judge would not let self-defense into the argument, and Bobby thought that that was going to cost them the case, and ultimately it did cost them the case. So that infers to me, implies to me, excuse me, English teacher Miss Ebersaw's book about last week. I didn't mean to use the wrong term there. It implies we've never used a wrong term in the seventy-eight <laughs> episodes. <laughs> what are we doing for episode one hundred? It implies that we're going to revisit Egon. So I suppose it would have to be on appeal, right? Or I, I can't imagine we would go 
Did he murder someone else? Yeah, and it, like, did he get shivved? Is there like a, <laughs> a correctional facility case? I don't know. So I'm guessing we're going to appeal on that. So I'm going to guess that we're focusing on just two cases this week. No C story. That's my big swing. No C story. Oh, we're just okay. going to go uh, headed the same two cases we dealt with last week. Okay, interesting. All right. Not interesting at all, Keith. You just said that because it's what you say. That wasn't. That was a terrible guess. Let's <laughs> let's be. Let's call. Let's call. Let's be honest. Interesting is my version of uh. <laughs> I don't say uh or um, but I just say interesting. So interesting. Let's let's. You know, we need to do pause for one minute and seventeen seconds while we listen to this ad. Oh, it's gonna be so good. I love this ad. You didn't disappoint, Keith. That was a great ad. Oh, man. I feel like I'm getting really consistent. <laughs> Consist- consistent, indeed. <laughs> consistent. <laughs> yes, because I definitely do it live every time. Every time. Ladies and gentlemen, Romans, countrymen, countrywomen, I present to you The Practice, Season 3, Episode 5, The, the Battlefield. Battlefield. On the charge of murder in the second degree, we find the defendant, Anderson Pearson, guilty. Poor Egon. Ooh, that's not me, ladies and gentlemen. What is this music? It's very Ally McBeal. It's it's like we're in the Wonder Years all of a sudden. Could we possibly spend a few more papers some places I can see the floor? It's only for a couple of days, Helen, as long as the floor is clean So Lindsay is working feverishly with a thousand bucks. You know, Lindsay, I don't mean to sound pessimistic. Then don't. And Helen's going on a date, maybe? Could you at least clean the floor a little? This is a first date tonight. So? So, I'm not going to bring a guy into my bedroom on the first date. If we're going to go to town, it's going to happen right here on this rug. Kidding, a joke. Come on, think back to when you had a sense of humor. When was the last time you even laughed? Probably college. I came home one night, and there you were going to town with some guy on the rug. Okay. Helen is thirsty. Thirsty. Kidding. I thought you swore off blind dates. I did, but Lisa Nicole promised I wouldn't be disappointed. Lisa Nicole? That's a very specific name. Yes, it is. We're going to talk about it once we see who's on the other side of the door. Oh. Super hot guy behind the door. Guy with the most manicured uh, soul patch I've ever seen. That is a very tight goatee because it's the 90s and I also had a goatee in the 90s. Me too. We all did. It's very embarrassing. See, Tom, you're not the only goat. Okay, so there is a lot to unpack here already. Uh, first off, the guy with the manicured goatee, who I could have sworn was an obscure Baldwin brother, but is not. <laughs> aren't they? Aren't all but one of them obscure Baldwin brothers? Yes, literally all except for one are obscure. Uh, but this is Michael Easton, who is a massive soap star. In fact, I did some math. He has in com- combined on General Hospital, One Life to Live, and Port Charles. How many episodes do you think he's done? Hundreds. 200, 300. 
1570 episodes of those soaps amazing so he's got a lot of money not I, I, not really i mean i don't know how much money you make on soaps uh, well, which, well he's gain, gainfully employed we'll put it that way I'll, i i can I, i'll mm. ask somebody uh anyway but that's not the interesting part the interesting part is that this character uh glenn has already been in the Kellyverse. He did three episodes of Ally McBeal previous to this. Wait, and this character as in this guy named Glenn? This guy named Glenn has already dated Ally McBeal at this point. Okay, so that's point that's part one. Okay. So fair enough, we're doing a crossover of some sort. Uh, I mean, yes, I'd call it an Easter egg probably. It's right. It's it's an Easter egg of some sort. Uh, but what's crazy is that she said the person who recommended this was Lisa Nicole. And now Lisa Nicole is not a character on Ally McBeal. It is the name of the actress who plays Renee. So she clearly didn't say Renee recommended this person said, so what's going on here? So I, I I think there's, there's a few different, I think there's three different options. Can I present my favorite option? Yes. My favorite option is that the joke we always say that how is David E. Kelly keeping up with all this is, is true. He can't. And he meant to say Renee, but in his head, he was like, oh, who's that person? Uh, and he just thought of the actress's name. So he put that in the script and nobody, and then because he's the guy, nobody edited it. And here we are. Yeah. And I, I think that is very possible. Very possible. Uh, or it's just a wink and a nod. It's a wink and a nod, but it is the same character because the same character name. Uh, but doesn't that bring us into those conflicts that you mentioned about pay? Yes, I think the other alternative uh, is that it is a rights issue because ABC owns the rights to the practice and Fox owns the rights to Ally McBeal. And by only using this character's first name, the they soap skirted star, that. They, and by not referencing an Ally character, it's a it's a sort of like a soft crossover without having to deal with any character payments or rights issues. But in that scenario, just give him a different name. You could, but we want we I think David wants us to think that Helen and Allie are banging the same dude. Okay. And that and like the the idea was this in in his Allie arc he was like a nude model for an art class and was like, <laughs> of course he was like specifically endowed. Yeah. And so I believe that what a nineties is... plotline that is. <laughs> right. Nineties David E. Kelly plotline. Anyway. So really interesting. We should, you know, we should reach out to our friends over at the Ally McBeal podcast and see and... what they have to say about Greg. Yes, and a uh, podcast called Bygones, and see if they had feelings, or if they had any thoughts about this particular soft crossover, pun intended. I'm imagining that at this very moment, 
Helen is having some feelings herself, and they're not particularly soft, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> I Unfortunately, we do, yes. Helen? Absolutely. Hi. Hi. Ready? Absolutely. Meanwhile, Lindsay's like, it's cool. I'll just be a lawyer. Uh, yeah, I'm just going to try to, uh, you know, get the guy I put in prison for murder. Out of prison? Yeah. I think that is the longest we've ever spent talking about the uh, teaser. It's interesting. Like, because David is writing both shows, he has the opportunity to sort of, like, play them off each other within the limitations. So, David E. Kelly, which I'm sure you are listening because, duh, why wouldn't you? Please write us at outofpracticepodcast at gmail.com and tell us, was that a mistake? Was that a soft crossover? Was there rights issues? What's going on? Why is it losing the cold? In fact, David, Keith and I offer you an open chair, an open chair invitation anytime you want to pop on. The biggest problem Hold your breath, is the guys. police aren't even. Uh, for the record, you have to supply your own chair. This you is do your have own- to. Yeah, we don't have we don't have extra chair. Uh, and if you want a T-shirt, it'll be fifteen ninety five. But we'll <laughs> yeah, give okay. you a fake award that's only a graphic on Photoshop. You will get an oopsie if you come join us. Looking for anybody else? They consider the case solved. And their theory as to why I would carry around her head. You're, You're a psycho. Yeah. There's a good friend, Michael Monks, Look, back. George, my office has already spent about $20,000 on private investigators. I can't, in good conscience, ask my partners to spend any more. Do you have access to any money? I've been in it for two months, Eleanor, with no income. I guess I could sell my car. I don't know what the value is. All right, look, we have that motion to suppress the videotapes. Uh, for tomorrow, the record, so. there's a few bodies in the trunk. You might want to get rid Neither of those prior yeah, I've got to the, the sale. The rest of the Lego pieces. But if you assemble it, it's what impressive. kind of plea? Manslaughter. Insanity. Do you get manslaughter for decapitation? No. I wouldn't be open to that. See, it's clear that nobody on this show has watched Lock Up Raw because one show about being locked up raw, I would take any plea. I'd be like, okay, well, I didn't do it, but, you know, whatever, because I can't stay here any longer than I have to. Well, but you realize that when you plead guilty plea to murder, you stay in lock up? I asked for complete lucidity here on the schedule for this afternoon. Well, I can't yeah, but insanity, don't I go to like a, a loony bin? I'd rather that than What's going on? I asked for all the thing. trial transcripts. She only Ooh. got pre-trial. It's pre-trial rulings were appealing. I asked for them Lucy. all. Lucy. Chomp, chomp, munch, munch. Lucy. Bobby, do you Wait. know what Jim's case is about? Uh-huh. <laughs> Wait. The retort to being yelled at was chop, chop, munch, munch? Yeah. It, it, was was that what the kids were were saying in the nineties? No, maybe it's a well, reference to the guy who cut a head off. Maybe I I, I don't know. But hold on, hold on. Uh, just come come at me, bro. All right, you stink. Hey hey hey! Chop chop munch munch. That's not too bad. <laughs> I mean, it does stop you. His cousin <laughs> Rob. Like, okay. Yes, but do you know the details? No. Yeah, he fired this. What's worker, the problem, but- Rebecca? The problem. It's a two-day trial, tops. 
His cousin fired this woman for being Iranian. He's being sued. I gotta defend him. He's my cousin. What's your defense? A defense? Yes. On the charge of wrongful termination, what's your defense gonna be? She's Iranian. Oh, Jimmy. It's a jury trial. Well, okay. there goes your hope of not having a C story. Okay. If those tapes come into evidence, the jury's going to be prejudiced. Chop, chop, that's exactly munch. why he wants to use them. Sexual disorder certainly may be relevant. He has an adult video that. collection. That doesn't suggest a sexual oh, disorder. And that's Judge exactly West the kind back. of leap he wants a jury to make. You're Played kind of allegedly cut off a woman's head, Mr. Young. Are you afraid the jury will think less of him because of his film library? The issue is whether he cut off that head. That film library is not relevant to that issue. It's only being introduced to suggest some depravity. And it's that pattern of depravity that goes to the issue of whether or not this man has the capacity to behead somebody. Lawyer the tapes are inadmissible. Titchener. What else? You've seen him before? Your Honor. They're not coming in, counsel. So, his George's porn habits will not come into court. Right. Which, I, which I, think, I, th I think is appropriate. I do as well. Nailed it. They won't let you out for the hearing. I heard. This is the supplemental memorandum I'm filing. Basically, we're going to argue... It, actually, it turns out that's the type of porn that George likes. Chop, chop. Munch, munch. Judge Hiller was wrong not to let us argue well, self-defense. But here's... You know what? <laughs> based on what the judge said There's last no chop, time, chop. Well, but it, it, it really gets down, what is the order? Is it munch, munch, chop, chop, or chop, chop, munch, munch? Because those are two very different situations. Mm. How dare you? <laughs> How dare you insinuate that he chopped up that body and then munch, munched its privates? I, I, that's I, not I, us I, being dirty. That's the dialogue from last week's episode. Okay, look. <laughs> that's true. I had some of the lawyers at my firm read the brief. They thought it was well-written, <laughs> but uh, ultimately unpersuasive. Tell your lawyers to go to the hearing. There's a reason we have oral arguments. Oh, I, I didn't mean to be critical. I, I, I meant... Oh, you didn't? Because it sure sounded that way. It did. Thank you for fighting so hard. Oh, it's, oh you're, it's a thanks? It's so little to it's fight a thanks? With. Okay. There's no reason we have to give up. He does appear to have gone back to a regular amount of prison hair gel. <laughs> Still, I have been promoted more than a human twice being within needs. the last year, and I was going to be promoted to manager this January. So things were going well at work? Very well. And what happened? Well, last March I was getting ready to leave on vacation, and almost in passing a... So right, we are so now in court with, I guess, that's the woman who was fired for her ethnicity and sitting next Iranian. to Jimmy. Yes, and that's Jimmy's cousin. So, you know what? Well, let's let's just do all of these in a row so we can listen to the scene. People in the sea story! Whoa, whoa. Chop, chop, munch, munch. I go first, then you. This is how we do this. It was clear to me you had nothing, Keith. It was clear to me you had nothing. That's clear all the time. <laughs> I've never had anything. It remains clear to me that you had nothing. Okay, so... This is also interesting. This Iranian... Is it interesting? Is it interesting? It, it Just you wait. This one actually is interesting. Wow. Just you 
wait. So this lady who got fired is played by Shiva Rose, uh, who you would know from David and Layla Return to Babylon, CSI Miami. This is actually her first TV appearance. And there's something else interesting about her. Because she is married to someone we know on the show. Can you guess who she's married to? Or was at this point? Steve Harris. No. Michael Badalucci. How do you say his name? Badaluco. Badaluco. No. Egon. No. I'm out. You're missing one. Bobby. She is mar- was married to Dylan McDermott when this was filmed. And this is her first TV show. Her first TV appearance. Mm. Yeah, she was married to Dylan between 95 and 2009. They have two daughters. And the best he could do was a sea story, huh? <laughs> Interesting. No wonder they're no longer married. Yeah, well, geez, yeah. Well, thanks uh, so for taking that- an interest in my career, Dylan. This is the best you could do? A guest spot? Yeah, well, you know, what part do you play in Yiddish Fiddler? Hmm. Well, a, po- a part small enough to garner us the one favor to get us the pull quote for our t-shirt. That's true. That is definitely true. And, <laughs> while we're stopped... I know that lawyer from somewhere! The lawyer who is talking to Shiva Rose is Catherine Harold, a terrific actress from Desperate Housewives, Mr. Sterling, Chicago Hope, Larry Sanders' show. She played Larry Sanders' wife. And uh, she was also on a show called I'll Fly Away. Did you ever watch I'll Fly Away? No. It was Sam Waterston and her, um, it was in the, like, 93, 94. It was, it was only on for, like, two seasons, but it was really good. It was about, like, racism in the 60s, and they actually re-aired it on PBS. And my parents, uh, we all watched it as a family. Huh. And she was very good on the show. Mm. Keith's pompous. Oh, what Because oh, I mentioned PBS. Hold on, hold on. Because you and your family you sat down and watched PBS together. Actually, sounds great. <laughs> Keith is pompous. <laughs> My mom just threw on Bill Cosby's picture pages and told me to shut the hell up. <laughs> me where I was going. I told him I was going home to see my parents, and he asked me where home was. Where is home? Iran. I was born there. You're fired. And then what? Suddenly I seemed to be facing kind of a cold front in the office. About a month later, Mr. Martini came to me and said things weren't working out. Mr. Martini? And he let me go. Mr. Martini. Your relationship with your coworkers, you felt kind of a cold front. Yes. In fact, you went to my client and complained about this, right? Yes. So in the family tree, there's the Berluti side and mm-hmm. the Martini side. That's right. The Berlutis and the Martinis. Blues and the Martinis. Yes. Yeah. Love it. If you were named after People a drink, what would it be? Insubordinate. Isn't that the word you used? I believe so. Affecting your ability to be a productive manager. Yes. I mean, Michael Moscow Mule and Why did you come to America, Miss <laughs> I first came as an exchange student in high school. It's a pretty standard drink, but it's an excellent cup. That's sort of 
you, all it, ties to me. It, it, you just care about the cup. Normal dude in a very eccentric exterior. <laughs> then I stayed on for college. Exterior? Now I live here. As an American citizen? No, on a visa. Do you plan to become an American citizen? Not really. You like Iran? Yes. How do you feel about all the terrorism? That- Objection. Oh, Jesus, Jimmy. Gee, Jimmy. Here we go. I mean... I- I didn't clock what they were saying before, but this is when I watched it the first time. I was like, oh, wait, is Jimmy on the bad side of this? He's He's, definitely on the bad side of this. He's trying to paint her as a terrorist sympathizer at best, I think. Well, he's clearly saying it's perfectly fine. Mr. Baluti, let's take care. I'm instituting a worldwide Muslim ban. I'm working in my store. You honor this flag. Wow, he pulled out a mini Iran flag. Jimmy, Jimmy. He just became Jim Jordan with all his stupid props. <laughs> That's all I have. Jimmy Jordan. Jimmy Jordan. I'm going to shout at you real night. I'm going to shout forever. No, no, whatever. See, now I want to Photoshop Jimmy Baluti's head onto Jim Jordan. Jimmy Jordan. <laughs> oh, my God. Mm, might have to take that up. I'm definitely doing that. I've told the police everything I know. I understand. And Jay, we realize how hard this must be. Please, don't insult my intelligence. You're the guy's lawyer, so... The guy who killed your girlfriend is not George Vogelman. We think he was framed. This is the headless lady's brother. That we don't know. One question that keeps coming up is, why would Susan be alone in a bar dragon? Why would she go to a motel with George Vogelman? By everybody's account, this is out of her character. It is. Her father getting cancer? Do you think she could have been depressed about that? Could be. Could it be something else? Jay, you seem like an honest guy. We've got an innocent man looking at conviction. Part of their case is the notion that Susan could never have gone off on some one-nighter. Can you think of anything that could possibly explain why she would? Well, I gave her herpes, and police said this wouldn't happen. Their brother, out. dude. Yeah, but that makes it all the weirder, Keith. <laughs> I had been a little. Mike's not paying attention. <laughs> I thought. <laughs> I thought for sure it was her ex-boyfriend. Oh. Oh wait, no, it, is, it totally is. Wow. <laughs> Wow. Everybody, I want you to just record, uh, rewind the episode 30 seconds and listen to that exchange again. <laughs> chop, chop, munch, munch. Susan. That afternoon, she caught Keith, me. look out your window. You'll notice it's nighttime. <laughs> Do you think maybe to retaliate, she could have gone home from the bar with some guy? Is that possible? Miss Frutton. I have spent the last two months desperately trying to convince myself that that isn't possible. All right. We just talked about him. We sure did. Unfaithful boyfriend slash brother. I think you covered it all there, buddy. (laughs) Okay, so the misassigned actor is Michael... No, it's Paul Castle. I just misassigned him again. Sorry, Paul. It's Paul Castle from The Lottery, Masters of Sex. He did three episodes of Boston Legal, different character, same world. He was on Brothers and Sisters and The Drew Carey Show. I loved that show. 
for a yeah, while. Yeah, I thought it was funny, but I mean, I it's been I literally haven't seen it since it was on the air, but I did enjoy it. Before he became, you know, Bob Barker. That's true. Is that is that that's all we're going with? That's all I got. That's all I got. It's odd that he's willing to talk to the lawyers of the guy you he ought thinks to go down there girlfriend. and peek in that courtroom. Rebecca. Uh, since we were talking over it, what was the, the tidbit of information that he didn't want to admit? The tidbit of in- information was that he was cheating on her. Okay. And that's why she went to the bar and was upset. I'm saying you want the anti-defamation league picketing our office? It's a trial. Qualified immunity. Well, that yeah, can't excuse it. really so need Rebecca D. Cricket here for too hostile for me. Why don't you just go and... Come on, Bobby. We're late. Chop, chop, munch, munch yourself. <laughs> I think we need to do a little anthropologic study this week. Mm-hmm. I think we both need to not bring it up, but just casually toss in the chop, chop, munch, munch retort as much as possible to various uh-huh. audiences. And then let's report back next week as to how people responded. Was it responded to with what the hell is that? Or did people just accept it? Okay. All right. All right. Well, I, I think the challenge is to find a way to work it into conversation without somebody calling you out on it, without somebody asking what's going on. Find a way to work it into conversation so naturally that somebody doesn't ask you what the fuck are you talking about. Fair. Challenge accepted. And this goes to the listeners as well. Tom, work it in. I absolutely agree with Rebecca D here, not just on a moral st- from a moral standpoint. I think the majority of our audience would agree, I would hope. But I'm not putting my views on you, soft-shelled liberal. What I'm saying is that as for a, a public attorney's office, or not a public attorney, a public defender's office, they're not public defenders either. I no, guess a private, a private... They're private attorneys. Yes, yeah, sorry. I'm having a great day, as you can tell. Isn't publicity everything? They get enough bad publicity from the types of clients that they take on. The next thing you don't want, unless you're going for a very sort of specific audience, I think being anti-immigrant is probably a tough sell for your advertisements. And I I don't know if you could specifically go for a MAGA audience in 1998. It'd be hard to find. I mean, easy to find. And her leadership ability was, was suffering. Because she was Iranian. I certainly don't agree with the bigotry. But I have a dry cleaners to run, and, well, it uh, wasn't running so well. What about calling a Second meeting? Second time we've dealt with bigotry that, uh, and a dry bigotry cleaners. won't be accepted. It, it, it wasn't so much what people were doing so much as what they were feeling. And, and uh, I mean, I was powerless to control that. And the feeling was... Guy who goes to the dry cleaners? He owns the dry cleaners. Mm. This bigot with a drink name is Michael Kagan from Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, Hannah Montana, The West Wing, Lois and Clark, and, happily, Star Trek Voyager. He was an alien commander in the episode Q2. Unnecessary Star Trek reference. The line must be drawn. Anyway, Martini. Uh, We're making a very black and white stance here, and I guess what's fair to point out is at least in three years, you and I, Keith, can speak to the general 
dichotomy of feelings here in New York City after the 9-11 attacks. You had a very home team rallying type of feeling. But in addition to that, (laughs) yes. But in addition to that, there was a a, a giant swell of anti-Muslim, anti-immigrant, anybody brown, really, uh, feeling in the city. And whilst the argument that that's morally wrong is an easy one to, to win, if you're a business owner and you are trying not to turn away certain clientele, who you hire and how they look is... I guess a more nuanced issue. I'm not saying it's an, an easier argument, but it's not just is it, it it's it's a it's a it's a worthwhile at least conversation to hear out here in the story, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're we're going to get into it and I think the 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 prescience of coming up on, you know, what happened a couple of years later, I think it weighs heavily on this episode. Um but yeah no i mean it's 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 very interesting Uh, although in this situation he's not doing this because of the customers it's because of the fellow employees Mm. that are behaving shittily to her um but you know obviously i i you know aside from your point about sort of the the economic uh price that uh not kowtowing to bigots costs people i think it is it is certainly uh i i don't think there's any i don't think there's any moral ambiguity here there is a you could you could make an argument that there is it makes a practical difference sometimes but the prac but a difference is not the equivalent of the opposite side of a moral argument Anti-Iranian. Anti-Iranian. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Hold on, hold on. This this feels entirely appropriate. <laughs> Keith is pompous. Anti-Arab, <laughs> basically Middle East. And you agree that this feeling was a form of prejudice? Oh, of course. But you tolerated it. Well. You fired her, Mr. Martini. We could say you ratified the bigotry. Well, you, well, you could. But I had 18 workers come up and threaten to quit. My choice basically was either discharging your client or facing Chapter 11. I see. And if Ms. Bader were black and your workers threatened to quit because they didn't want to work with an African-American? Great point. Would you have fired her? Probably not. What's the difference? Possibly none, but, but complaining about the color of a person's skin is, is that's, that's racism which, which lies in hatred. And and ignorance. I mean, here, here, <laughs> I, I feel there was some patriotism involved. Jimmy's looking and over to the quote-unquote victim quite as repulsive and to me. clearly having feelings. He willfully withheld evidence. I did no such thing. You have a duty to turn over all evidence. With all you of just your can't bluster. say. I don't listen when two people talk. They have an absolute duty to turn over all exculpatory evidence. Material evidence. This Let him finish, please. Back in the headless The case. boyfriend of the victim provided the prosecution with a reason that the victim may have gone to a bar and may have been predisposed to a one-night stand. He did not turn that information over to us. Why not? We didn't consider it either material or relevant. What's the information? 
She had caught him that very day with another woman. Mr. Tisbury, the break you catch here is that this came out before trial. Your Honor, that statement... As of this second, I don't trust you. You're going into trial with a judge who doesn't trust you. So if you're going to make any more mistakes from this point on, I suggest you err to their side. There was no willful attempt to withhold evidence. Chop, chop, much, much, Your Honor. unfortunate that I don't believe you. Yeah. I'm going My to resist the urge that to Judge say that, that is when she denied our right to assert self-defense. But if you remember I see no such episode, denial in the... That was the judge who... Actually, it, it applies to Chop Chop Munch Munch, who seemed like the weird pervert Looney Tune who wanted to see all the porn and insinuated the possible necrophilia angle. And now, in this episode, he's like perfectly reasonable and fighting on the side of our heroes. record if you read the transcript she threatened us with a bad jury instruction if we went the route of self-defense it wasn't a ruling it was tantamount to a ruling it had the effect of shutting us down are you now suggesting that it was self-defense because that gives me a problem counsel which is a trial you argued that the gun went off involuntarily your client testified to that and now you're saying self-defense did your client commit perjury on the stand first of all this hearing is about Judge Hiller's ruling, not my client's testimony. So we should ignore the Secondly, truth. defendants can assert alternative defenses. We could have argued A, he shot him in self-defense, and B, it went off involuntarily. That's permissible. Uh, here, I want to chime in and say that one thing I've really appreciated over these three seasons is the consistency of Lindsay's arc. Because remember, she was very timid, timid and sort of didn't know where she fit in in the beginning, and then she's kind of hit her stride and become much more confident. And I like that she doesn't take bullshit. She doesn't let herself be interrupted. She doesn't take crap. And they're very consistent with that. And I, I appreciate that. No, I, I do too. And she's doing an excellent job here. And I agree with you. If we, if we determine together that sex lies and monkeys is non-canon, which I think we should, as a policy, say that sex lies and monkeys was non-canon, should have been an unaired Halloween episode. It should have been unaired. That's, that part's true. <laughs> Cut, print. <laughs> what this hearing is about is... Because they're not always very consistent. I mean, Jimmy's character is a great example of... I mean, this episode, all of a sudden, he's a bigot again. Right. He wouldn't... He didn't want to defend his mom because she was gay, but he does want to defend his cousin it, who hi fired the Iranian girl. Yeah. Well, I mean, although there is a consistency yeah, where Jimmy comes in as the dummy and learns. So there's, or, or not the, well, in this case, he's the dummy. In, in other cases, he comes in with the more conservative viewpoint, like on the death penalty or on gay marriage or whatever, and then learns. So that, that part is consistent. We know where he starts and where he ends. I suppose it is consistent with a very soft-shelled liberal show that the conservative view is always presented by the buffoon. <laughs> totally true. Judge Hiller denying yeah, us one of those defenses. Well. So basically you're saying had Judge Hiller not cut you off, self-defense would have been your theory. Exactly. Are we all up to speed now? Whoa. Well, her and Eugene should team up. Do you really mean to be snide with us, Miss Stoll? And Eleanor. Actually, yes. You wouldn't be asking these questions if you'd read my brief. 
I'm discouraged to realize you haven't. I, I hope you at least reprimand your clerks. Let's just address your issue then. Wow. She cut off self-defense because the victim wasn't posing an imminent threat. That was wrong. The threat to my client was both real and ongoing. Mr. Pearson was in fear of his life at the time he pulled the trigger. I agree with the that. The victim had no gun. Yeah. Uh, my clerk did highlight that part. In defining imminent, if you look at the cases, the courts basically come down to these questions. Was there any alternative? Could he have used less force? Could he have escaped? Could he have retreated? Could he have just held him at gunpoint until the police arrived? In this that's a valid point. If, you, if you've been threatening and stalking me, Keith, and threatening violence in any sort of way, and then you show up at my door late at night, whether I see you have a weapon or not, the, 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 immediate, the immediacy of the fear and the threat is still there, I think. Yep. Well, and, and the, those, those four qualifications you just rattled off are, I think, are very interesting, and they seem logical to me, and we should probably keep them handy for the next six times this story arc comes up. <laughs> Situation, the answer seems to be yes to all of those options. But the reality for all those options is that man would be back. Perhaps, but as Judge Hiller noted, we weren't at that point when... And to require him to wait till that point is unreasonable. Are you asking us to rewrite the law? No. Some states have recognized a kidnap exception. Basically, if a man kidnaps somebody and tells the victim he's going to kill them in a month, that victim doesn't have to wait a whole month until he's allowed to use deadly force. True. But Mr. Pearson wasn't kidnapped. In effect, he was. He was basically held captive. He'd gone to the police. They couldn't help. He got a restraining order from the court. It didn't help. The time was coming. And we're saying Anderson Pearson should have waited until the exact moment? Suppose Raymond Breyer came at night while they were sleeping. There is no evidence of any direct threat to kill Mr. Pearson. It was certainly implied. Yeah, I could argue it was direct with the cat-mouse exchange, and whether it was direct or not, Anderson Pearson had a reasonable belief that it was. Well, it still seems like a reach to apply the but kidnap... But we're entitled to that reach before a jury. Good job, Judge Hiller shut it down. Yeah, I, I want her on it's my error. team. Seriously. Keith, I think I hear real instruments. I need to hear it not through the internet first. Time Magazine or Newsweek. They went easier on Ricky Jewell. Uh, listen to this. Do you have that in your notes, Keith? Who's Ricky Jewell? Richard Jewell. Uh, I believe... Hold on. I'm on it. I'm on it. There was a definitely a TV movie. Our crack team of researchers is on the case. He was an American police officer and security guard. While working on as a security guard for AT&T, he became known in connection with, oh, the Centennial Olympic Park bombing during the Olympics in 96. Oh, right. And there's a movie coming out about him, like, literally this week. What's it called? It's called Richard Jewell. Well. Like, how- we can, uh, uh, premieres December 13th. Hmm. How about that? Bizarre. Guys, this is your uh, hapless podiatrist for the uh, all of the money of for the videos and did. women he met through the personals. I Meanwhile, like Except you George is now super famous for this headless murder. I've spoken to every one of his friends. And they all use three words to describe him: gentle, kind, loner. He's in trouble. The girl's father and brother have agreed to see me tomorrow. 
if they can't point us someplace, yeah, he's in trouble. It does seem bizarre. Let's live in the universe where he didn't do it. Right. That whoever did, to be able to not only commit the perfect murder, but the perfect murder that includes decapitation is pretty impressive. Yeah, well, it's not only to to get away with the murder, but to effectively frame someone else and decapitate someone. Yeah, no, that's a that's like sort of like a triple axle of murder. Nice Olympic time. Did they rule? Tomorrow. No. Well, well, it seemed to have their attention. Let's get some dinner. Olympics no, I'm going to go back to the office, get on Westlaw. You know, there's a new case ruling like every 10 minutes. Lindsay, Why do I know that break. off the top of my head? Over. Because I'm going to be able to see you at home. Hey. That extra just looked right at the camera. She's we'll let it go. Until three o'clock in the morning every oh, wow. night since the trial. It's like some quest. Uh, Helen, she's close to him. You know, she might win. Oh, come on. Overturn Helen. Insert unnecessary comment of Bobby mentioning, oh, I heard you had a first date, a blind date with some hunk. Yeah. It's got to come back up. You should have seen her. That's what she said. You went to Mr. Martini and complained. I did. Threatened to quit even if she worked there. Yes. Because you didn't want to work side by side with a person of Iranian descent. I don't have a problem with her as a person, but... But what? I'm not over the hostage thing. I admit it. Mr. Harper, that was almost 20 years ago. I really don't care. It all comes back. I see burning American flags. I see Khomeini. I get all pent up with anger. But this woman wasn't in government. How... The Iranian people cheered that government and they never apologized. In our government, we just forgave them because they got oil. Well, I okay, can't it's time it. for... Stephen Miller's dad! Guy that just described American foreign policy for the past 60 years! <laughs> 300 years! We'll forgive them because they got oil. Exactly. That is... What a great name for a character actor. Bob McCracken. Release the McCracken. The, the following shows have released the McCracken. Hand of God, Sons of Anarchy, Firefly, Pears, hmm. and Jake and the Fat Man. Three-fifths of those are excellent shows. <laughs> this woman was nine years old during the hostage crisis. Well, she's old enough now to make a judgment. And when she looks me in the eye and says, I'm proud to be an Iranian, I don't want to work side by side with her. Did she ever- God, it's so easy to tear that up and down. Yeah. Ever engage in any political or religious discourse? Sir, are you proud to be an American? Yes. Do you approve of American slavery and all the other bullshit we've done? No. Well, then, simply being proud to be from somewhere doesn't tacitly... Why am I even... Why am I defending? <laughs> no, but actually, you know... As that defense, I think that was very well put. Did very work? well done. No. And I'm sure she Meanwhile, personally and never- not, you know, not to go down the uh, gross, thirsty route, uh, but I'm just objectively um, Bobby's he, Iranian stop, wife. Stop. Stop. <laughs> In a universe where you're going to say these old white guys would value her attractiveness over her being Iranian? I mean, I'm I'm just saying... I'm just... 
Are you saying you're not saying that? I just applied. You might say it, so now you don't have to say it. I, I y- yes, I'm. I am saying that there are some. She's she's not an unattractive Iranian. Let me. I'll just put it that way. <laughs> uh, ladies and gentlemen, the finalists for the out of pro- out of practice podcast T-shirt pull quote: <laughs> Chop chop munch munch. Fan exclamation point. Uh huh. Or she's not an unattractive Iranian. <laughs> Send your votes in. Up an embassy, but imagine they're carrying signs that say "Death to the U.S." and here she is in our country suing for a job. Ask me, the turban must have been wrapped too tight. Yikes. And you saw Jimmy react to that. You asked me to testify and tell my feelings. Just the same. You basically stood up and declared yourself a bigot. I am prejudiced on this, but I think this is a bigotry I'm entitled to. Ooh, that's a good one, too. You're not the person I am I entitled I to that bigotry. Well. Sally, I know I'm blaming it's you like for something American that has nothing to do with said. you. That doesn't mean I'm above it. All right. You're represented by counsel, Ms. Beta. It's not appropriate for us to have communication. Yes. We wouldn't want to be inappropriate, would we? Way to go, Mrs. Bobby. Excuse yeah. Me one second. Ms. Beta, listen. She's not owned I hope by you Bobby. don't take it personal. Things I say, I, I, I have to put on a defense. Fictional character. We often have. Let's stop with the lawyers going up to the defendants or the uh, the. Uh, oh my God. Plaintiffs. The plaintiffs. What's wrong with me? Well, don't answer that question. <laughs> We don't have time. We only have another hour and a half of podcast. I I love that he always had the lawyers go up to the plaintiffs to be like, don't take it personally when I totally debase you in court. I just feel like lawyers would be about they recognize that they can't live in they can't have both feet in both worlds. No, it's it's true. Like our heroes are pretty needy. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) And, And you know who's not is Helen, who basically broke up with Bobby over all this crap really and then they don't to David's credit we haven't been squabbling back and forth about it so at least That's she true. knows that she's not she can't mix the two yeah it's a job you're saying i should I be ashamed of friends. my descent mr berludi it's difficult not to take it personally for the record she's not an unattractive iranian i'm the lawyer i got to you're a little too good as she said doesn't even make any sense. You're too good. <laughs> oh, I see. <laughs> Can I at least make you a cup of coffee? No, no, really, I'm fine. There it is again. Really? I f- oh, it's like star- that- It's like John Williams. He's got his own theme. And it's a it's awesome it's, little coffee shop it's like guitar. A, it's a weird little, yeah, like, but it's, it's not just coffee shop. It's like 80s sitcom guitar when it gets, like, serious, like when it's a very special episode. It's sort of like the beginning of... <laughs> this is how you use Windows 7. Welcome to Windows 7. Yes, it's exactly that. Or like when at the end of Full House, when Bob Saget sits down, it's like, look, I know, Becky, you mm-hmm. try to sing. That's violins, though. This is acoustic this is guitar. Oh, they don't do violins? I never. No, I they only seen do violins. Since the 90s. Okay. I watch it often. Of course you do. Please, no. All the lawyers work this hard. Mm, big case. Call me. I will. Okay, so Soapstar and Helen, it's the morning after. They're finding I... Lindsay asleep on the floor I'll see in the you. living room. 
It's a morning after. It is. Well, yes. I mean, isn't any a morning after the morning after? Yeah, but the last time we saw them was their first date. So I don't want to imply that she had him back their first date. That's true. She was a lady. But her look that she just gave implies that she was not a lady last night. I didn't really sleep, sleep with him. We fell asleep watching TV, which wouldn't have happened, by the way, if I didn't have to bring him in there to escape your command post. What is all this? Oral arguments are over. This is on sentencing. They weren't last night. Should we lose the appeal? Oh, right. Fine. I wasn't going to play it, but I definitely have to play it now. Mike is thirsty. He's thirsty. I love how you took a moment during that bumper to drink. I'm a little afraid if you win, Lindsay, a new trial. Can you survive going through all this again? The trial was easy. Losing it was hard. I'm a little concerned about you. Yeah, I hope you don't have any other cases going on. What about the remodeling? The remodel! The woman said to me... I'm having a hard time shaking it. You're about to start closing arguments. I know. I, I'm i just not sure it's in me. I, I don't want to let my cousin down, but... Jimmy, if you came to me with this case at the beginning, I would have stopped you from taking it. It's offensive. It puts a bad yeah. light on you and the firm. But there's no way you can bail at closings? I mean, it's not even a question. Yeah. Jimmy, I you guess. jimmied yourself on this one. I hope he sees it through and doesn't sabotage the Jimmy, own case just to don't phone it in. Oh! The police discouraged us from talking to you. You'd think he'd be more As pissed off because dead, I'm convinced I mean he's going guy. up against his wife. And, and all. if they do, that's true. That means yeah, that this thing was bad. either a mission to frame George Volgeman or somebody was after your sister. And as we told the police, we don't know of any such person who would want to harm her. A boyfriend, Jay. Did you ever see so any predisposition with him and your sister? And brother. Jay? For real, I'm grasping, Steve. Real brother. Jay's a sweet kid. Did he ever show a temper? What if he had followed your sister, found her with George Vogelman? Jay couldn't have done this. Did your sister... Is it possible that your sister could have kept some part of her life secret? See, Mr. Young, I feel like... So, there's, there's part about this that strains credulity to me. Why are all of the people in the victim's life so happy to be to talk with and be open with the lawyers of the person who has been arrested for decapitating her? And not only that, but Eugene just went to one of these people who were talking to them against sort of common sense and accused him of murder to the other people. Right. It's not like and the questioning is interesting, too. It's not. Hey, is there? Any, can you think of anybody who would might want to hurt your sister other than George Vogelman? No. The question was: Does the victim who had her head cut off, your daughter, have any secrets in her closet that you want to share with me, the defendant of the murderer, the def- the defense attorney of the murderer, supposedly? Right. I just like no, hearing you say credulity. Credulity. Truth is, I oh. can't believe in a million years that she'd go to some motel with a guy she met in a bar. Which leads me to think that your guy had to have done it. But, Mr. Robin, you couldn't believe she would even go to a bar alone. So it's possible that... Steve, help me out. Is there some other side to her? If there was, I never saw it. 
the only... Yeah, people generally turn a blind eye to the, any of their sibling... Well, the know. only what? Uh, I dropped She that. did spend a lot of time on the internet. Retracted. She spent a lot of time on the internet, Keith. she didn't know. Oh, God, the internet! Did you say that in court? I don't know. You know, she once a week at least got on the internet and talked about old TV shows for hours (laughs) and recorded it and sent it to people. If that's not bizarre, if that's not a secret that's worth staying in the closet. Yeah, and and talks to strangers. Hmm. Another 90s I guess. thing here, like anything related to porn and the internet are like terrifying and scary and dubious. Okay, so we're getting the ruling on Lindsay's appeal for Egon. They have to deny it. We can't we can't just keep After this case review, going the whole season. We agree with Ms. Oh. Doyle's position that self-defense should have been available to the wow. defendant at trial. Good job, Lindsay. Whether the danger posed to Mr. Pearson was eminent enough to justify the use of excessive force, it's a question of fact. I think it truly vindicates you and I, Keith, because we were totally anti the cutting out the self-defense rule. Yeah. Vindicated. Hooray it should have been us. offered to the jury. We've been we oppressed for too long. The Judge Hiller's position was it's in Finally, error. finally, somebody vindicates However, the straight white it man is not evident on the, on the record internet for hours. that Judge Hiller actually ruled in this matter thereby prohibiting self-defense. And if defense counsel's assertion is true, that her warning was, in effect, a ruling, then the proper procedure was interlocutory appeal, which was waived by proceeding to trial. The conviction of Anderson Pearson, therefore, stands. We're adjourned. So to summarize, you're right, but too bad. You're right, but you. this is the wrong procedure for dealing with that, and it's too late now. So you screwed up as a lawyer. Right. It's easy to hate Iranians, isn't it? Oh, wait. You know what? It's time. Two, three. It's closing time. Head count. Time to put your case to bed. It's closing time. time time for you to go to bed and then get your clients Iranian cute ass off submitted without and Arabs <laughs> without comments airplanes Bills. Rush Limbaugh when that bomb went off in Oklahoma City we Democrats all had the same knee-jerk reaction this country. probably some Middle East terrorist let's admit it we don't we don't like these people And I understand the sentiment. Many of us share Mr. Harper's frustration with the hostage crisis. That's an... For the record, we're 0 for 1. Old but deep wound. Home team. But I take exception to his message that it's good old American patriotism to discriminate against anyone from the Middle East. That's not the country I know. America stands for tolerance. Does it? The United States rebelled against oppression, against prejudice. Or do we? Do we? Mr. Harper's statement, hey, she makes me angry because of Khomeini. That's like saying, hey, the Japanese stir up these Pearl Harbor memories. Let's get rid of them. 
We did that here once, remember? Trump 2020. Rounded up all the Japanese, threw them in internment camps. Didn't matter they were U.S. citizens. Didn't matter they were innocent. They were of Japanese descent. And this country, we're ashamed of that little piece of history. Well, here we go again. Because today's Cold War is against terrorism. And it's just so easy to hate the towel heads, isn't it? So, David, I see in my script, page 38, you've got a couple of redacted lines. Uh, What do I say there? Uh, We're going to tell you on set. Don't worry about it. It's going to be great. Well, I mean, she's she's clearly saying it to mean the, you know, it's it's ironic. I'm I'm with her. Uh, I mean, I get that, but still... Well, especially, like, this whole storyline... She may have hooked up with some psycho from the internet. Maybe he was stalking her. Even so. What? Even so. Can't your guy start running that down? Eleanor, again, off the record? Sure. This case is pretty hot copy. The police want to mark solved on the file. The DA's office wants to mark conviction. If anything turns up indicating it could have been somebody else, forget about getting a conviction. Your guy was last seen with her. He had her head. If George Volgeman didn't do it, he certainly represents reasonable doubt for whoever did. What do you say? They'd rather get a conviction than catch the right guy? Not really, but their need for a conviction helps them to think they have the right guy. Oh, oh, that's no. great. Not really is not a good response to that question. No. What's the punchline, Helen? They're not going to reopen the investigation. So... Truth. So, in this universe of all of these docu series and cold case reopenings and explorations of closed cases, Stephen Avery's of the world that we right. live in now, you've got all these people and sleuths and documentarians and people opening old cases, going through old cases, reviewing files, and we see a lot of evidence of police going through this exact feeling. The community is outraged. We need to put somebody away we need to have somebody accountable and the first most easy uh person of interest suspect. Yeah. yeah suspect that we can finger for the crime the quicker and easier let's get it done but whilst that is terrible the truth is there are so many cases that it is not unreasonable that once you find the most likely person and there is evidence that you think you're going to warrant a conviction with that you wouldn't be searching for other suspects, right? Well, yeah. I mean, the, it, I think in nine out of ten cases, if not more than that, the obvious person did it. And so all of these stories are about the outliers. And it doesn't mean that there's not a shit ton of them and they need to be handled and need to be you know, fought for passionately, but yeah, I mean, I, I imagine most cases are fairly straightforward because criminals tend to suck at it. Criminals be doing crimes. When this trial started, I gotta admit, I was one of those people who sometimes have those thoughts. See some terrorist attack on the news, I'd say to hell with all of them. A lot of people in this country think the best thing about Iranians is that they kill Iraqis. But in Miss Beta, you saw a woman of dignity, integrity. And not that this is relevant, but having somebody like her as the mother of my children 
I should be so lucky. Wait, what? What? But this isn't about her. It's about the actions of Peter <laughs> Martini. I mean, was that's his just firing so crazy and inappropriate. Under but normal especially times, at no. the level, it's Dylan's With what's wife. going on today. It's yes. also very Jimmy. True, so he could Jimmy. have said prejudice is prejudice and not fired her. In which case his staff might have quit and he'd be out of business. And as for the prejudice itself, sorry, but it's not the same as bigotry against blacks. It's not? This it's is exactly different. The There's a war going on here. Like Ms. Warden said, and the president said, terrorism is today's war. Somebody who didn't look like a killer put a bomb in the World Trade Center. We can expect more such attacks since we bombed Sudan. And and I don't mean to suggest for one second that Ms. Beta is connected in any way to anything bad. But it is people's right to be afraid. Our government is... I mean, there you go. That's the entire conservative platform. No, it's people's right to be afraid. Well, telling us to be afraid. Obligation to be afraid, so you do what I want you to do. Now, whether you propagate that fear or not is a different hair split. You create this war. The battlefields are subways, buildings, airports, who knows where. And as the president said, the Republicans too. In our fight against fanaticism, Innocent people will unfortunately be victims. I think the question you have to ask yourselves is this. If an Iranian or Arab came to you looking for work, would you hire him, knowing it would upset personnel? If you can answer that question with an easy yes, fine for the plaintiff. But if your answer is probably not, all I ask is that you go back there and be honest with yourselves. Look, knowing that you have a losing hand or that you don't agree with it morally, I think that he did his, that is a fair, quote unquote, fair pitch to the jury. Disagree. That was despicable. Because what he was saying was, it's okay to be racist and go ahead and use that as a justification for what I'm doing, which is probably an effective argument, but a despicable. Okay, yeah, sure. But it's the fairest to his client who he's representing saying, look, you if you would have done the same thing, you can't fault him for it. If he's liable for a crime, but you would have done the same crime, you should let him off the hook. No, I mean... Yeah, I, I'm. I'm just. Un- I mean, obviously, like morally, we feel exactly the same. But I'm just like wondering, what is the legal argument there? Like, what what is what is the legal defense that he's making? Because it's not a legal defense to say, like, yeah, come on, we're all racist. It's all good. Well, that's why I think he's going to lose <laughs> because I don't think it is a legal defense. Maybe I shouldn't. Okay, maybe fa- maybe fair wasn't the word I want. The word I want is that I think that's the best lemonade he could make with those lemons. Fair. (laughs) Guys, why is episode only 13 minutes this week? Well, (laughs) Mike didn't want to be accused of any sort of indirect bigotry. How funny. (laughs) The transcript is quite redacted. (laughs) 
That's right. This feels like the type of episode where at the end, Jimmy would sheepishly try to ask her out or something. Huh. I've been having sex dreams about you ever since the case started. You are very vigorous. Vigorous. Go home. I would, but it cramps Helen's love life. Lindsay. Go home. Welcome to the episode, Bobby. And do what? Put my feet up, watch a movie while he sits in jail, You've just- You've done everything you can. I was in the back of that appeals court. I've never seen a better performance by any lawyer anywhere. But it's over. You have to let go of it now. Doesn't it bother you? And he's facing life imprisonment because of our screw He's because... facing prison because he shot and killed a man. No, Bobby, it's because we blew it, especially you. You screwed up the most. Me? Yes, you. That ridiculous involuntary argument. It was stupid, and you know... Bobby brings the biggest point of clarification. Ultimately, he shot a dude. So, you know, but we, yes, there are some procedural things we potentially could revisit, but... Why well, we went with it because it was a brainstorm. It's a difficult off. case, regardless. But I guess we're doing what I do like seeing is rather than just this the the old trope of are we doing the right thing. I like at least a different emotional exploration. Yeah, sort of well, a, and I can understand where she's coming from. I mean, yeah. like they lost, and it's she has very high stakes for this. It's always you know it's sort of I'll I'll call it the the ER quotient. It's that thing we visit in those in those hospital shows quite often is you did everything you could do. The patient's dead. Yeah. Right. Yeah, totally. You have to deal with that morning like you lost. Well, you know, but in this case, I mean, she just got knocked down by the appeals court saying, like, you had the you were right, but you fucked up how you approached it. So, like, you made a legal mistake. But she's not mad at them for not going into interlocutory, whatever the hell that is, uh, basically like appealing to another judge on the ruling before you start uh, case the case. She's talking about his what he what his strategy was after they didn't appeal it when they should have. This feels very much to me like what was the exact distinction as to why we didn't get that settlement in the cancer cluster case? Uh, we won. They awarded us the money, but then we didn't get it because. Well, the judge overruled it from the bench. He feels was... very much in that universe. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> High off the idea, like you always do over stunts. If it's novel, you want to try it, and because we did, a good man has lost his life. Is that what you think? Yes. And we no, screwed it's up not. by not appealing Judge Hiller's ruling. That's what cost us that appeal. It was malpractice. You know, the only upside is it gives us new grounds. What you see on this table is, is research on inadequate counsel. All the drug dealers I have put back out there. Here come the tears, Tom Brady. Get ready for it. Yeah. Polish up that oopsie, baby. 
just so happens it ends up being the best performance. See? <gasps> See, look, those are some tears. That was a great sort of losing her shit moment. Yeah. Peaked nicely. It was very believable. Oh, Jimmy, don't go talk to the Jimmy, do not again. ask her out. Come on. I mean, she does look hungry, though. Maybe she wants to grab some lunch. You gotta wait here all day? They said they're close to a verdict. It's not like I have a job to go to. Mmm, deep cut. Listen, uh, What I said about your integrity and stuff, I meant that. I know you did. And that stuff about it being reasonable to fear us, you meant that too, didn't you? You know, Jimmy, if you married her, she'd have a green card. Twist. The most discouraging part is that I can tell you're a really nice man. He's embezzled some money here and there. Part of me hopes I lose. But that's a really good line, though. The most discouraging part is I can tell you're a really nice man because I feel that feels so resonant, especially today, Mm -hmm. where it's like, if you were just like some raging clansman, be like, yeah, whatever, but like a nice man who still is holding on to these beliefs, that's really discouraging. It's a good line. Good work, David. It's Lindsey Graham, baby. He's not a good man. (laughs) The judicial his granddaughter the probably thinks he's nice. Supporters to the police on how to investigate their <sighs> cases. I'm asking well, you to order them so to investigate. Period. We have. You haven't. Shots fired. That's enough. <clears throat> You're afraid of investigating for fear it'll come between open and shut. I'm offended by that, Eleanor. What have you really done? Everything. Forensics. DNA. What about the poet? Did you go down that path? The who? There is a serial Shout out killer to the poet. known as the poet, Your Honor. One of our former clients was convicted of trying to copy him. He rapes and decapitates... Different M.O. Well, than the... maybe he mixed things up for spice this time. We considered the poet. Our investigation points to George Vogelman Lego. and George Vogelman alone. We also have evidence that the victim had contacts with Legus people on the internet. Look, counsel, you're free to conduct your own investigation. You want time? I'll give it to you. We don't have any money. They have an unlimited budget. My client is broke. Well, I can't do anything about that, and I can't order them to keep looking if they're convinced they have the killer. If their thinking is suspect, we have the device to deal with that. We call it the trial. Every criminal defendant has to rely on the integrity of the process. Not just me, not just you, but the police and the DA, too. And we have nothing but your protests to suggest they haven't done their jobs. A shoddy investigation is a defense counsel's dream. If you think you've got one, take advantage. It's not that simple. Unfortunately, it is. That's all. Your Honor. That's all. Yeah, we won't even bring up the conflict of interest that you used to date Basically, the guy. Well, I guess I you want to make a list him. of every internet accomplishment, every act of charity, anybody you can think sure. who can stand up for you at sentencing. And but then be again, effective. so does Lindsay and Ego. Okay. I'm still working on the other appeal. So, um, in the meantime, you know, there's a big difference between 18 years and life. So, what's your feeling? Hiller's tough. She's more likely to go maximum than minimum. I don't think that's been true of Hiller. No, she's like 
Bobby's grandma. Any awards you've received, you know, things like that. <laughs> Probably like 10 I years of Martin age, but yes. Okay. They have that sort of relationship, I guess is what I meant. Right. I'm sorry. We let you down? No, you didn't, Lindsay. I let you down. I shot that son of a bitch. <laughs> I'll be back on Friday for the list. Good performances from both of them again here. Because they're crying, Tom. Because they're crying. You okay? Yeah. Oh, I thought they were going to make out for a second. She was giving him hard make-out eyes. Poor person, you've reached your verdict. No, we don't see I mean, he's in, he's in prison now. They don't get a lot of shots. Bader versus Martini. On the count of wrongful termination, we Here's find Rush. in favor of the defendant, Peter Martini. Yes! <laughs> Jimmy for the win. Thank you, Jimmy. <laughs> sure. Quiet down, please. As a matter of law, I set aside the jury's verdict. I order the defendant to pay damages in the amount of $220,000. I'd hope you'd reach the right result. It would have saved us an appeal. Since you didn't, judgment is hereby entered for the plaintiff, notwithstanding the verdict. Let me Boom. note my disgust the reverse for the of what we were just talking record, about. The for the defendant's cluster. attorney, and finally for the jury. Ms. Bader... Please accept the apology of this court. Adjourned. The judge is played by Richard McGonagall, who we've seen before, who just bitch slapped Jimmy, Mr. Martini, and the jury. As he should have. I have a question. Should we ever talk to an actual legal uh, person? Although I, I'm sure we could probably do some research on this. Because yes. We've seen it twice now. I can't remember the legal term when the judge overrides the jury's verdict. Right. We've seen it twice now. But it, it does beg to question if in matters where it's pretty clear cut like this, the law was broken. Right. Why? I know it's in the Constitution. You get a, a, a jury of your peers. But also, right. if it can be overturned by the judge, why not just bypass the middleman and just go to all judge trials? I'm, I'm guess, I'm, I guess my question is, in the entire caseload of a year of all criminal courts, big and small, how often does this happen? Well, I, that's a good question, and I'm entirely just, like, speaking out of my ass here, so I could be entirely wrong, but I don't think it works that way in criminal case. It's only civil? Both of the, both of the times that we've seen it happen have been mm. civil cases and not criminal cases. I would be surprised if judges had that power on, like, a murder trial or something. But, uh, unclear. I can see you typing, so we're going to find out what happens. Something. I, I can't do both things at once, we've determined, no. so we're just going to go with the episode for now. <laughs> oh, Jimmy, don't talk to her again. Ms. Beta. You're so Ms. needy. That Take your part about me being a nice man, I, uh, well, I am a nice man. 
And I, I know this might seem, uh, well, once you get on that elevator, then I might never, would, do you think you would like to have a cup of coffee with me sometime? Oh, Jesus, Jimmy! Oh my God, he did You're ask her out! asking me out? No, I'm, well, a little. Oh. He can't be that clueless. Under On the so many levels. That's, that's not something I can see myself doing. Nor can anyone else. Okay. But I'm flattered. I mean, I gotta give this to Jimmy. He takes the big swing and he does it. He's a braver man than... I will ever, ever be. So, Keith, I have some internet clarification. Okay, clarify. They have two different terms, but I'm going to give you the very brief summary. But a judge in a uh, in a criminal case, it is called uh, judgment notwithstanding verdict. Okay. And in a uh, civil, civil trial, it is called judgment of acquittal. No, just kidding. That's civil cases. In in criminal cases, it's called judgment of acquittal. Okay. Judgment notwithstanding verdict is in civil cases. However, the these uh, piece of information I think is important to our conversation is that nothing is important to our conversation. Yeah, I guess to, to our <laughs> our splitting of hairs, a judge cannot it can't go the other way. So they can find for the defendant. And the judge can say, no, 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 right? But what can't happen is in a criminal case, you can't be acquitted and then a judge find you guilty. Okay. All right. Well, that, that makes sense. That, that feels that like- that violates was... jury of your peers. Right, right. You can, you can exonerate but not convict without a jury. Correct. That, that makes sense. That makes sense. Thank you like... for, in three words, saying what I was stumbling over for a full minute. What's going to happen? I can tell you what's not going to happen. Jimmy dating that girl. No. Woman. Jimmy dating that girl. We're better off than we were yesterday. The videotapes are out, and this internet thing gives us at least a crack. She was on the internet. Mainly, though, it's going to fall on you, George. Everyone's a serial killer there. you got to take the stand and convince the jury that you never could have done this. Okay. Okay. I'll be in touch. Eleanor, is it a bad time to tell you that I did kill her? I just didn't cut her head off. Right, Eleanor? right. It was a separate transaction. Give me the odds. Bad. We're gonna do everything we can, George. That's, that's what. Not an odd. That that's what you don't want to hear after you've been con- uh, charged, g- given ca- cancer, right? Yeah. Uh, what are the yeah. odds? Well, we're gonna do everything we can. Well, that's bad. That is a really bad answer. I'd be lying to you if I told you I think we were going to win. That's worse. Yikes. Oh, we got a plane shot here. Pre A pre-drone drone shot. Yep. Hey. Hey. 
Kirsten said it was okay, so now alarm. that's okay. Bobby, I'm sorry. I didn't mean... Forget about it. I've just been... Sleeping on the floor of the I living room. I hate myself for crying. Don't hate yourself you for crying. Yeah. Yeah, get some, get your trophies. Look, this whole office is here for you. You know, some have studied the Meisner technique, Keith, but mm -hmm. the only thing we value is the Kreisner technique. I'll allow it. <laughs> Whatever you need. Thank you. Don't kiss her, 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 don't kiss her. You know that, right? Kiss her, kiss her, kiss her. Nothing. I was just thinking. I don't know what I want. Sometimes I. You're gonna kiss! Oh! I didn't want it. Turns out I didn't want it. Wait, I sort of like. Yes, I wanted it. You know, honestly. It was earned. Now it finally feels a little earned. Whereas the other times they were kissing didn't feel earned. This feels like emotionally the ride they've all been on. Like, I get they need, it. They need a little release. Although we do know that his wife was probably on set for that little makeout, so. A thousand percent. Well, that's it. We faded to black on the kiss. Wow. We have gotten through season three episode five the battlefield speaking of, of battlefields how many more battlefields for headless george do we have to see i they're they're making this a whole thing we're gonna spend some time with george this season apparently all right no it's all right i'm interested i mean it it feels it feels like we're you know filling the stuffing a little bit but you want to you know one trial at a time i get it all right. Ooh, okay. It is not time to talk about that yet, though. Ladies and gentlemen, the Out of Practice podcast, in unofficial, unsolicited, unfactual association with David E. Kelly Productions, proudly present... Oopsie! The Oopsies! Celebrating excellence in acting good, lawyering good, guesting good, and being Tom Brady. Not to mention... This is where we rate the episode and stuff. Now, here are your hosts, Keith and Mike. What the hell are the oopsies? Nailed it. Oh, nailed it. I totally did. I was able to shut up and allow the space to be there so that we can talk about the... Most Well, damn, this is tough. Yeah. I'd like to give it to the judge who overturned the, the, the verdict there. Oh, that's an interesting one. I hadn't considered. Because he followed judge. the law more than really anybody else. Right. Um, but I think that since that's not really an option. Although, I will say, I he, believe. He's probably a lawyer, right? All judges must pass the bar. I think you don't get to be a judge without being a lawyer first, or at least that would be very unlikely. I suppose we could give it to her her, her lawyer, but she lost the case and didn't really put up a, 
I mean, I guess she tried to just put a, a clear-cut picture together. I would say the other most valuable lawyer could potentially be uh, Lindsay because, you know, she was sleeping on the floor. I mean, she was busting her ass. She was showing no, you how hard she, a lawyer and, should work. And she lost the appeal, but only on a process problem. She mm-hmm. won the appeal on the merits. She lost on the process. And, and in doing so, did some tremendous lawyering really busted her ass it's hard to take it away from her so i'm going to i'm not going to go with my my moonshot i'm going to go with Lindsay dole for her just her her impassioned pursuit of overturn for her law professor mr pearson dr pearson yeah yeah i i'm i'm with you i, I was tempted by the moonshot for i i truly was tempted briefly but i think uh by our basic rules and and the fact that she did tremendous lawyering, it didn't turn out to be successful, but her actual lawyering, she was terrific. So congratulations, Lindsay Dole, for your MVL for this episode. And Keith, I think we can both attest to the difficulty of trying to get work done while your roommate is banging somebody. It really, it really is uh, something to be noted. That is true, although none of my roommates banged anybody. Well, there you have it. (laughs) (laughs) I no, that was that was trying to be like a a like a long a long road difficult turn slam on you, but it didn't work. It failed because (laughs) you were my roommate at some point, and you clearly were banging somebody at that. Never in that apartment, though. Thank God. No, you know, to be fair, neither did I. (laughs) I also had a twin bed in that apartment, and I just I wouldn't have brought a girl back to a twin bed. Although I will say this. Mm. A quick, just quick, quickly, quickly, quickly. There was a girl you and I were on. No, she wasn't on Titanic. She was on MAME with me. Apropos, as we talked about MAME indirectly here. Uh, I'll save her name, but she was very, very, very awesome. She was attractive. She was cool. She was single. And nothing happened on tour. There was maybe some flirty flirts, but... I'll never forget when I was staying at your crashing at that place, she called me one time and was like, I'm in town from wherever she was from. I can't remember the details. I need a place to crash. Are you around? And I was like, yeah, you can crash here. So she came by and I was like, you can, you know, you can have the bed or whatever. And I was going to sleep on the couch like a gentleman. She's like, oh, no, it's cool. We can both fit. And it was a twin bed, Keith. <laughs> and uh, for some like reason I don't, over again. I don't know if I chickened out or if uh, clearly I chickened out or if I was if I was too if I slow played it too much but I was like no no it's cool I'll you know I'll sleep on the couch thinking that I don't know what I was thinking anyway man for a time machine yeah that's it that's it all right well, we're gonna have to talk offline about who that was <laughs> yeah I don't think you know her but we'll see all right fair enough Okay, well, that was a roundabout way to talk about <laughs> Already famous because you've been on TV. Getting a paycheck. Watch first entry on your IMDb. Way to go. But you're the best guest actor. You are the best guest actor. You are the best guest actor on the episode. A lot of great performances. Once again, like you said, um... Oh man, I never remember anybody's name as you know, Mr. Pearson Edward Egon. Herman. Yes, he's often been excellent. 
feels like a member of the cast at this juncture. We've been riding this train so long. Indeed. But I think I'm going to throw a shout out to Shiva Rose. I thought that she was excellent in a really difficult, what could have been just playing indignance the whole time, but I thought she showed a lot of different levels, didn't cry at all, and That's still was true. able to give no a very crying. impassioned performance. As uh, And I think I'm going to spend my vote on Shiva Rose as Sally Bader. Yeah, I think that makes sense. And it's interesting, that character had so much more compassion for everybody else than they had for her. Yeah. Uh, but did so without feeling like the character was in by no means like meek at all, you know, or just sort of like, all right, I'll just, you know, go wrong along with things to get along. She was able to sort of hold her own without being mean or cold or indignant when she had every right to be. Uh, so yeah, you know what? I'm going to go with you. Congratulations. Shiva Rose playing Sally Bader for your first oopsie in your first television appearance. Nowhere to go but divorced. Divorced from Oh, no. Whoa. Oh, God, no. That was terrible. Too soon? You might listen to this. Too soon? That was 20 years ago. I'm sure you're doing all right, Shiv. I'm sure she is. (laughs) Oh, this is so awkward. Okay. Is Dylan McDermott remarried? I don't know. Hmm. I wish Uh, we had the internet. We did, but I don't know. It's none of our business. You're right. It's none of our business, but you want to know what is our business? You killed your podiatrist or blew the case, but you let a single tear run down your face. Literally, again. the best actor of show i mean really tom you just dawned on the tears winning you an oopsie now we've been playing this bumper for 40 episodes it's true we literally give the formula right there you know speaking of the formula the only objection to shiva rose winning is that it says already famous because uh, because you've been on tv but she hadn't been or your first entry on your IMDb, which it literally is. Whoa! How prescient. Boom! So I think that, by all accounts, it's a given that Kelly Williams wins, right, Keith? She was crying. She Apparently that's totally all there was- is to, to, to acting. And I, I challenge you f- to spin things around here to defend her winning this oopsie, not including the fact that she was crying. Absolutely. And I I can easily. First okay. off, uh, we see her go on this incredible journey through the working hard, through sacrificing other parts of her life. Her testimony in front of the judges was both uh, very well written, but also very well delivered. And it was she, the points she were making were both irrefutable but also incredibly well made she so she shows range there she shows a lot of uh the great mixture of anger and vulnerability she had when confronting bobby tear-free anger and vulnerability and was able to make a very personal connection with uh, anderson pearson in their scene together that was not based on the tears but based on their emotional connection so suck it tom brady yeah, and I would argue with that, a tear. I would argue that that um, 
scene with her and Bobby where she didn't cry was the best scene in the episode, in, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I thought, it, I, and, and again, like, and the romantic stuff felt earned as well. Like, I bought, this is the first time, like, when they went in for the kiss, I bought it. It didn't feel contrived. So, yeah. Congratulations, Kelly Williams, on your oopsie. She's killing it this season. She's having a very good season so far. You know, Keith, the internet tells me that Dylan and Shiva had two children together. Mm-hmm. And they have, neither of them have remarried. So perhaps it is too soon. Perhaps there's still some, uh, yeah. Sorry, guys. They were divorced in 2009, 10 years. And uh, I was insensitive and I apologize. Yeah. Well, and if you were sitting Shiva on their marriage, <laughs> that was terrible. I'll allow it. I, I retracted it while it was coming out of my mouth. That was horrible. Uh, that's what she said. That's why they got divorced. Oh. Anyway. Oh, my God. Anyway, that brings us to... The Tom Brady Award for being Tom Brady! Oh, I know this hurts, Keith. Oh, it does every week. I, does it... You'd think it would hurt a little bit uh, less, but I think it hurts more. I think he loves it. I think he loves it. That it hurts you so bad. Well, most people do love my pain. I think it's Tom Brady. I, I mean, we have to do it. Tears or no tears, he's Tom Brady. It, it yeah, just well, is what it, it is. And he did give us tears this week. So That's true. I, I do appreciate the tears. Uh, so congratulations. We have to use that Tom on Instagram. Brady. Oh, yes. Congratulations, Tom Brady, on your Tom Brady work for being Tom Brady. But hey. also, you're crying. So you're a also you're baby. crying. Yeah. So, uh, good acting. Yeah. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it is time to announce how many spare tires this episode gets. So I have a couple issues with this episode, Keith. Okay. I think that in the time frame, I can, the political overtones make, I think at the time the story mate was a little less, was a little more... A little it felt probably a little less heavy-handed. Mm-hmm. Because in retrospect, with all we've gone through, even though not much has changed, to be honest, it's it just feel that felt a little ham-fisted. But I did love the resolution, and I did love that the judge even scolded people, which I thought was kind of a cool out for that. Yeah, and i i didn't I didn't mind that uh, viewpoint getting challenged on TV at that point. Yeah, it was pretty well. And what I thought was an int- I think why it was an interesting exploration was because it wasn't just they could have gone two two other ways. They could have what we often saw portrayed. This is more of an '80s thing, but even in the '90s was the portray that give the portrayal of the bad guy being the Iranian, right? Right, right. right. So this was flipped, and the defense was was simply. Well, we all, it's not right, it's not good, but it's, we all feel that way, so it is what it is. Well, it's, it's the, but everybody's doing it defense. Which is realistic. Realistic and And also bullshit. Yes. And it can be both those things concurrently. And like Jimmy did, sometimes just because you feel something doesn't make it right. Sometimes you have to re-explore those feelings and, and meditate on them. 
So I thought that was a cool exploration. Yeah. However, I don't like the regression of Jimmy again. I just think we keep every time we build him up, then we he do, we make him do stupid stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I just him him asking her out. I just hated that choice. Um, and the the head in a bag case literally nothing progressed literally nothing happened yeah yeah it's just kind of sitting there and we keep arguing the same points and the anderson pearson thing which i think i thought it was you know there's it was interesting the acting was great and but i'm a little over it now i'm ready to put it to bed it felt a little a little too long yeah Mm -hmm. i think you can judge by the relative amount we were talking over this episode I didn't wasn't as compelled as I have been recently, so I'm gonna this loses some points for me, and I'm gonna give it a six point seven five. Six point seven five, yeah. No, I I agree with you, especially the second time I watched it. It it does feel like we're in a bit of a holding pattern that there's a lot of filler here, and it's it was really well performed and really well written. I I thought I was hooked into Jimmy's case, you know, obviously. You know the him asking her out was just. I I I feel like Jimmy's just more self aware than that. It was bad enough he approached her twice outside the courtroom, three times, and this is after telling her colleague at work who was kind of having a conversation with her. Oh, we can't talk to her. Right, right. So he we know he knows better because he started with knowing better. Yeah, and if yeah. anybody, if anything, I would let slide. It's okay. That's our colleague from work, and he wants to apologize and try to plead his case. I mean, you would expect that, but then, but for opposing a turn, opposing counsel to not only approach her once, but then approach her in the elevator and then ask her out is ludicrous. Yeah. yeah. No, I agree. So yeah, I think. Um, yeah, yeah. You know what? I'm going to come in at a six point five. Okay. It was. In and a little bit like the curve has moved a little bit because mm-hmm. the execution of this, just in general, the show is just better executed than it used to be. Yep. But on those higher standards, this felt like a little bit of a filler. Yeah, and I think that's an important quote unquote important thing for us to distinguish. We are never ranking. We're saying we are is important. Never ranking these in a vacuum. They are being held up against itself. Our feelings of that day. It's being held up against all the episodes prior, and like most things should be, it's it's dependent upon our whim. Wait, are you saying mm-hmm. that our fake award co- that we are ranking entires on our podcast that no one listens to, that we're just putting out there to hear ourselves talk, that there's subjectivity in our award system? I want to re-mention, some would say... Some would say some would say that because the voice of an actress who was nominated for an Emmy, Emmy, an Emmy, <laughs> who I think reco- we're making, I think we're making Emmys of our listeners right now. An actress who requested anonymity for the use of her voice that we have completely outed, oh, right? Who was nominated for an Emmy. <laughs> Hashtag Emony. Because she appears on the bumper, indirectly, the oopsies are the equivalent of an Emmy. So absolutely. We can't let's not cut it up cut our own self up out at the ball. I don't even know what I'm saying right now. I literally 
don't know what's happening. I need more vitamin D. <laughs> well, if you... <laughs> I just had a Lindsay-esque breakdown. <laughs> yeah, I need to... Uh, Mike.bat needs to be rebooted. Okay, well, if you'd like to reach out to us and... <laughs> whether you're a friend or an enemy or an eminine, uh, you can reach us at outofpracticepodcast at gmail.com. You can check out our Facebook and Instagram at outofpracticepodcast. Check out our blog. See all the cool pictures I do at outofpracticepodcast.blogspot.com. Why do I feel like instead of comedian from now on, I'm just going to hear an enemy? An enemy. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you can leave us a rating or review on any of your podcasting services, but if you put it on Apple Podcasts, we'll notice it and read it on, and you can join the jury. You can send us an appeal or objection to outofpracticepodcast at gmail.com. Hang yeah, out you, with us. We're fun. You could do all those things. If you leave us a review, you might find yourself a t-shirt. You just might, or or you might not, because you don't want to give us your address, because that'd be creepy. Enjoy your Thanksgiving ride, enjoy your Thanksgiving, and we'll see you next week. Can you cook a turkey with laser sounds? I think you probably can. Laser sounds.